Welcome, everybody, on a Thursday. Trash Talk with Tony Browski is underway with yours truly. It's great to have you with here on the show today. And I'm really looking forward to recording this episode because today is the start of a new little Trash Talk mini-series, if you will. Now that I have graduated from Oak University, I've got some more free time on my hands this summer. I've wanted to expand Trash Talk to more than one episode per week. And with that, let's go ahead and introduce this new little mini-series here on Trash Talk. Tiger Talk with Tyler Sawa. Each Thursday, Tyler and I are going to sit down, simply put, talk some Tigers baseball. I'm really looking forward to it. So without further ado, let's introduce the man. Tyler Sawa joining me today for Tiger Talk. How are you today, Tyler? Are you as pumped to do this as I am? branch out and expand trash talk and do more of a tiger's talk in the summertime i was all in for it and you know it, it's exciting man and the ball team looks a lot more exciting than years previous so i feel like this will be a nice you know add-on to, to the trash talk and you know it's been a minute for me you know, being on the show just because i haven't been able to come on when you guys you know usually record on mondays so uh this was perfect you know for me and i think for the show in general so i'm excited yeah, again, now that I have some free time on my hands after graduating college, I've wanted to expand Trash Talk to more than one episode per week. But also, we had to get you back on the program somehow. <laughs> You're one of the Trash Talk originals, okay? We had to get you back on some way, somehow. And we were talking this past week. You mentioned you don't work on Thursdays. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second here. What if... Me and Tyler sit down on Thursdays and do Tiger Talk. Tiger Talk with Tyler, it just, it spits off the tongue so good. And again, I'm really looking forward to doing this. So, Tyler, uh, you ready to go? Yes, sir. I, I didn't even notice that all the T's. Tigers, Tony, Tyler, I mean, no. <laughs> it, <laughs> it spits, it spits so good. Tiger <laughs> Talk with Tony and Tyler. <laughs> I could have even added the Thursday, but that just might be too many T's. You oh, know? my. <laughs> with Spencer Torkelson. Oh, boy. Uh, with Tarek. <laughs> Tiger Talk with Tony, Tyler, Tarek, and Torque. I like it. I like oh, my. It. Oh, my. Okay. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing this with Tyler. Let's get right into it. Here's how the show is going to work, uh, at least for today. We're going to start talking about the big league team, and there is a lot to talk about with the Tigers. Now, going forward, it will be easier to talk Tigers. It will probably take less time than it will today because right now we have to kind of go over our thoughts for the first two months of the season, you know. But going forward, we'll just talk about what happened in the past week, um, the, some player performances from the past couple of series, uh, maybe the upcoming series for the weekend, because again, we'll be recording these on Thursdays. It'll be much more simpler to talk about the big league team in future weeks than it will be today. Cause again, we have to talk about two whole months of Tigers baseball, but I'm ready for it. I'm absolutely ready. So we'll start with the big league team. And then to close out the show, we'll go down to the farm and I want to make going down to the farm and talk about the minor leagues, a regular thing on this podcast because me and you, two big prospect guys, and for this Rebuilding Tigers team, we got to 
we got to have some knowledge about what's going on down in Toledo and good old Erie and West Michigan, you know? So yeah. we'll start with the big league team, go yeah, down the to the Lakeland Mon- What's up? The Lakeland Flying Tigers. Can't forget about them as well. No, we cannot forget about the Lakeland Flying Tigers. Uh, who, who are some notable prospects down there? Not to talk about minor league yeah, baseball Lakeland, right now. I would say probably the biggest one was second round pick from 2019, Nick Katana. And he had some rehab assignments going on like as of right now. Cody Clements is working down there right now. And uh, Joey Wunsch just had a start. There. I was about to say, um, I think Joey's ago. down there. Yeah, so that's probably the biggest ones out there. There's not really, uh, not really yeah. much now. It's, you know, since they did the transition from making them low A and making West Michigan high A, it's a lot more – I'd say appealing and interesting in West Michigan more than it is in Lakeland now. Yeah, I mean, with all due respect to the guys in Lakeland, you know, we've got some bigger names in the other parts. You know, we got Riley Green and Erie, Torque in West Michigan, Matt Manning, Daz Cameron, Derek Hill, Adrenaline <laughs> over in Toledo. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to talk minor league baseball, but that's, again, that's later on in the show. Let's start with the actual Tigers team in the big leagues. So, Tyler, April was a really rough month of Tigers baseball. (laughs) It it really was. I mean, there was a 21-game stretch to start the year where the Tigers were 3-18. They were getting dangerously close to 20 games below 500 right off the bat. And right then and there, I kind of sat back and thought to myself, Oh boy, this might be another rough summer (laughs) for the Tigers. And that's not going to be very fun to talk about throughout the next few months. But then May came along and May was shockingly a fun month (laughs) to watch for the Tigers. And I mean, you kind of mentioned this during our intro, the Tigers were fun to watch in May and they have been a lot more fun to watch recently. And that's a good thing because that gives us something to talk about in April. There wasn't much to talk about other than the fact that this team blows, (laughs) but now we have so much to talk about after a fun month of May. Let's just start with the actual winning perspective in May. The Tigers are 14 and 13 last month, which I didn't even know about this until Bally Sports brought it up on their <laughs> broadcast a couple of days ago. But 14 and 13 in May, Tyler, that was the Tigers' third winning month in the past five seasons. Really, really sad to say that out loud. <laughs> and, terrible. you know, I, I tweeted it a couple of times when I found that out, and I'm sure some other people from different cities were looking at us and going, look at the Tigers. They're happy about a 14 to 13 month of May. (laughs) But like, honestly, listen though. Yes, that is only our third winning month in the past five seasons. And again, that's really sad to say out loud, but Tyler, when AJ Hinch was hired, he stressed about how he was going to try to build a winning culture here. And though it's baby steps, very small baby steps, I do think a winning month of May, though it's only a game above 500, still a winning month. And I think, though it's baby steps, a winning month of May is showing a little bit of progress towards Hinch building that winning culture that he stressed that he was going to bring here when we hired him. So, though some people might make fun of us in different cities, I do think it's a 
a pretty big deal that this Tigers team finished May with a record above 500. And there were a lot of different reasons why the Tigers played as well as they did in May. One of those reasons, Tyler, was the starting rotation. And after I, you know, talk about this for a little bit, I'll send it off to you. But Tyler, man, Chris Fetter is an absolute machine. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Chris Fetter has done such an unbelievable job for this team already. It's only been two months. He has done such a great job just two months in to being the pitching coach of this team. I love the hire when A.J. Hinch made it in the offseason, and we're seeing the results right now two months in. I mean, just look at one through five in the starting rotation. Though Matthew Boyd is struggling right now, and we'll talk about him in a second here. Um, you know, he's got an ERA over seven his past four starts, but he was off to a strong start to the season. Uh, you can look at uh, another veteran, Jose Urania, who though the ERA is about four right now, very similar to Boyd, he had a strong start to the season. Uh, another veteran, Spencer Turnbull, obviously threw a freaking no-hitter <laughs> a couple weeks ago in Seattle. And at the time of recording this, his ERA on the season sits at 2.93 with a whip of 1.02. Those are the veterans of the starting rotation. Then you look at our two rookies. First of all, oh, Tyler, <laughs> you know how big of a Casey Mize guy I am. <laughs> you know how big of a Casey Mize guy I am. Last season, he struggled, and in April, he struggled. I, I was saying on Twitter, and I was trying to preach it, I was saying, all right, everybody, but I, I know Mize is struggling, but let's be patient. You know, it's going to take some time for him and Scooble and these other prospects to develop here in the big leagues. Now look at Casey Mize. In the month of May, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I think it was a 1.7 ERA, a whip under one. He was holding um, opposing hitters to an average of 162. <sighs> Now is the ERA on the season before tonight's start in Chicago sits at um, a 3.28. That's his ERA right now. Casey has been so strong as of late. And if he keeps this going, Tyler, I don't think it's crazy to say that he could be in the rookie of the year conversation. Absolutely not. So Mize has been good as of late. Tarek Skubal, another one who, you know, Mize flat out struggled last year. Tarek, on the other hand, I thought he had some up and down moments. There were some starts, particularly against the Twins, where he looked good. And then there were some starts where he looked bad. But then this year to start the year, oh, Tarek was just really struggling, especially giving up the long ball. But now, it seems like he's starting to figure it out. His last three starts, uh, 26 combined strikeouts, I believe it is. He looks like he's starting to figure it out. And again, just with the way the starting rotation has pitched over the last month or so, that was one of the big reasons why this team was so successful and so fun to watch in the month of May. And that just goes to so, show you how much of a genius <laughs> Chris Fetter is. So, Tyler, I'll throw it to you. Talk about what you saw from this team in May, uh, what you saw from the starting rotation. You talk about Fetter, talk about Hinch. It's all yours. Yeah, I just want to start off with the, with the rotation real quickly. And I think something that we had to, like, make clear about Casey Mize as well, it's like, I'm not trying to make excuses. It's, it's close for both him and Scooble. Both these guys didn't play a single game in AAA. I mean, they, they are straight from AA 
to the big leagues because last year obviously the last uh, was the lost season in the minor league because of COVID, 60-game season. So those guys were the alternate side, and they got called up a little later on in the season. So they didn't pitch a game at all in Toledo. And the jump from double-A to triple-A is very significant because triple-A is just like it, – it's like you're walking stone to, to the big leagues, and it's just completely different hitters. You're getting more big league experience because you're getting a lot of former big league players. So it's a completely different ball game going from double-A to triple-A. We've seen Casey Mize, and you know we're seeing Scuba slowly but surely kind of figure it out, which has really been fun to watch. And I think you mentioned that Casey Mize is like slowly, you know, in the AL rookie conversation right now of how good he is, and if he can continue that trend, I don't see how he doesn't because I think he's figured it out. I think he's figured out how to go long into games. Um, he's just been a really good pitcher. He's relying more on the off-speed stuff. I mean, it's been really good. I mean. There's never been a problem with Casey Mize's stuff. It's just been when, you know, to call this stuff and, you know, where to locate the stuff. He just looks a lot more confident. I think, you know, what you mentioned with Chris Fetter has a lot to do with that as well. So I, I think, you know, he's on track to be a really good player. You know, you mentioned you're a big fan of him. I've always been a huge fan of Casey Mize since the day they drafted him. And obviously he was the number one Tigers prospect for a while. Number one overall pick in 2018. So it's just really fun watching him right now. It's, it's almost similar to, I think, like 2016 when we had Fulmer in our rotation, when it was just like every five days, you had to watch a Michael Fulmer start. It's mm-hmm. almost seemed like the same thing for Mize right now. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of fun watching him. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, the thing with A.J. Hinch, you know, you mentioned that April month was obviously really rough, and it just didn't look like it was going to be a good summer. But uh, I think, you know, we were talking, I think this was like back in like, November. It was like right when they hired AJ Hinch, back in November, December, whenever it was. We mentioned that we didn't really expect this team to win many games. Yeah. And I think they're on pace to, you know, kind of do what we expect. It's not that they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but, you know, the main thing that we said in 2021 was this is an experiment year for AJ Hinch to kind of just figure out what puzzle pieces he's going to have to be working with in the long term and mm-hmm. which guys are going to be here for the long term. Right now, I mean, I think he's figured out his starting rotation. I think he's got three solid arms right now in the big leagues that he, he could count out for the long term, which is really exciting and really progresses the rebuild a lot more faster than, you know, it, it helps you not having to trade for another arm or sign for another arm. You already got three guys who look like they could be really good starters in the big leagues, and they're all very young with Turnbull, Mize, and Scooble. And we're just going to see, you know, with guys like Boyd and obviously the farm system as well. But, you know, I, I think this year for AJ Hitch is just figuring out the puzzle pieces, what he got going forward. You know, the win-loss record doesn't really matter as much for this team. Like, I don't want to say it doesn't matter at all. You don't want to have a 100-loss season. But, you know, be competitive and just kind of figure out what you got going forward. And I think AJ Hinch is slowly doing that. And he's still got, what, four more months to figure out who's going to be here for the 2022 season. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to take it day by day. So, um, overall, I think you're you're on track. You know, AJ Hinch is right on track of doing what we expected when we first hired him. And it's just really exciting, you know, to see the, the complete turnover within a month. And it's just really exciting to see know what could Hitch do with this team maybe within a year because we saw a complete turnover from April to May night and day I mean everything was just better for this Tigers team I mean in April you combine 2018 combine 2019 and, and just put that in April because that's exactly what it was I mean every at bat 
was disgusting. <laughs> the, um, you know, starting pitching, starting pitching wasn't terrible for this team. Mize was struggling, school was struggling, but like Turbo was pretty good for them. Urania, Boyd, yeah, Urania was good. Boyd was really good. So starting pitching was like whatever. Bullpen was freaking terrible. I mean, it, it was yeah. worse than every you know stat from the twenty twenty season to the twenty one season. Mm-hmm. I think slowly but surely as well. I think the bullpen's coming a lot better as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, just day by day, and you're getting more guys who were almost lost causes. And you know, it seems like Chris Feder and the pitching staff are almost—I don't want to say reviving, but like you might see a future with some of these guys now, like guys like Alexander. I mean, even Joe Jimenez, he looked like a lost cause in spring training last year and in, in April in general. And, you know, slowly but surely, his ERA still freaking sucks. I mean, it's like in the tens. But I think it's been like two, three pretty solid outings for Joe Jimenez. And, like, yeah. you know, just kind of intrigued to see what ends up happening with him going forward. So, overall, I think the pitching is just on track. And, and like I said, I think AJ is, is figuring out a lot of puzzle pieces going forward for this team. And, you know, I don't think it's crazy to say that, you know, you might have the whole pitching staff already, like, just done with what you got in-house right now, like, without having to go out for a trade or without having to go out and trade to see. Obviously, you're going to have to need some bullpen arms, but I think as far as the starting rotation, you might have all five guys up, like, in your house right now, which is crazy. So, that's really exciting. And then, you know, going on to the offensive side of the ball, I think, obviously, you know, they're not a good offense, but, you know. They <laughs> they're better, though. Out. They are they, better. They're figuring out. They yeah. are figuring out. Like, just they have bats from April to May. They weren't competitive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just guys are figuring out. I mean, um, you know, Jonathan Scope is looking a lot better. Jake Rogers even has been pretty solid, you know, at the plate. Um, I, I think there's been a lot better ABs. Robbie Grossman's a freaking medicine. I, mean, I was waiting nice. for you to talk about Robbie. The Robbie <laughs> Grossman fan club. Shout out to the Robbie Grossman fan club. I mean, he's he's an animal, dude. He's an animal. But, I mean, every at-bat has looked a lot better. It's been night and day from April to May. I'm just excited to see going forward. I, I don't think, you know, this lineup they have right now is, <laughs> is the lineup going forward when they start competing. But I think there are some pieces in this lineup that could be part of that team. So, um, I mean, overall, it's just, like I said, AJ and his staff, they got four more months to kind of figure out what they got going. And it's just been a better product baseball from we've seen, you know, in so long. And it's just, it's been a nice sight. And it's it's exciting because in April, it's like, man, did we just waste five years for this? Yeah. But now, you watch the month of May, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like, it's just like, it's refreshing, you know. You might you see a little light to the tunnel, a very yeah. deep tunnel that we were really <laughs> deep in, and we still suck, and we're still in this rebuild. Yeah, but it's just it's just a little like refreshing to say. So I'm excited. Yeah, there's a few things that I want to kind of add on to what you just mentioned. First of all, your last point. Yeah, we are still rebuilding, and we are still pretty bad. <laughs> okay, we are not. We're not that close to competing yet, but we are starting to see the pieces being laid out for the future, as Tyler mentioned, Uh, specifically with the starting rotation. I I thought it was interesting how you said that it's it it might be at a point for the Tigers where all of our guys are already 
in-house for the future. You know, I, I kind of want to talk about that for a little bit. You got Casey Myers and Scuba and Turnbull, obviously. Urania, you take him out because he's on a one-year deal, I think. And Boyd, Boyd is interesting. Um, he, He's a free agent coming up, I believe. So you're going to have to make a decision on him soon. <sighs> it, it's tough. Um, I don't know. What's your kind of thoughts on Boyd's future right now? So Maddie's one of those guys you cheer out for. He's just been here for the long run. I, I call him an OG because he's been here for the like the whole rebuild. Yeah. So uh, you know, Maddie's definitely a guy I would like to see. And it's just it comes down to being consistent because you know, as far as just the locker room and Maddie B's a guy you want in that locker room. He's a guy you want in your rotation. Mm-hmm. And I think if guys like Mize and guys like Turnbull, like we're seeing right now, like emerge to be like legit one the number two starter and maybe we can count on Boyd to be like a three or four I, I wouldn't you know, I, I wouldn't mind that because I mean if Boyd let's say hits the free agent market and let's say he just signs somebody else I mean that's what he's gonna be right I mean a number four number three starter yeah I mean, worst case scenario number five starter which I don't just don't see happening I don't think he's that bad no so I mean, I, I'm not against keeping a guy like Matty B. He's a lefty as well. You know, we don't really have much lefties in our starting rotation. Obviously, Scooble. But other than that, I mean, it's just it's just Matty B and Scooble. So I'm not against keeping Matty B. I think it would actually be really nice to kind of have a guy that was been here for the whole, you know, the rebuild from the bad and hopefully some better days for Detroit. Uh, so I'm not against keeping a guy like Matty B. Obviously, we still got four more months to see what he could do if, if he could be more consistent maybe show a little more flashes of April rather than what we saw in his last what was it, four starts you said so yeah. it's just going to be really interesting you know these next four months you know something with Matthew Boyd I think we have to mention as well that, that's a positive with Boyd you know he's not a guy that usually tend, like goes on the injured list he's usually a guy that's pretty healthy dependable really much, yeah he doesn't really miss much games in his career and I think it's very important because you know, your best ability is your availability for sure. So that's something that Matty B's just been really good at. I mean, I think he has good mechanics to not, you know, get hurt. Like, unlike some other guys like Daniel Norris. So, oh. Um, oh. Um, you know, Matty B is a proven starter. He's proven he can go deep in the games. It's just, you know, it has to be more consistent. I yeah. mean, the stuff is there. The stuff is definitely yeah. with Boyd. So I want to say I would like to build around Matthew Boyd, but... You know, I think these next four months will be very telling, you know, for him. I think the draft, and I can't wait for draft talk, by the way. Uh, I just looked it up. The MLB draft is on uh, July 11th, 12th, and 13th this year. I think that's kind of moved back from previous years. But I I think the draft is going to really tell a lot about the future of specifically Boyd. Because, again... We know Mize, Scooble, and Turnbull are probably long-term pieces. Scooble and Mize for sure. Turnbull is where I add the probably part because, I mean, he's 28 and there will be trade rumors about him this summer. You know that's coming. So I would keep him, but that's a topic for another day. Um, But again, Mize, Scooble for sure. Turnbull, you would probably think he'll be here long-term. That's three. You have one spot open with Urania. That's going to go to Matt Manning, you would hope. And, hope yeah. yeah, we'll talk about Matt Manning later in the <laughs> later in the program. Not so good numbers in Toledo right now with the good old world-famous Mudhens, but 
again, we'll you talk about that. The world famous mud hands out there. I had to add the world famous mud hands, man, because they are <laughs> they're the world famous mud hands. <laughs> but then you have that fifth spot with Boyd. If the Tigers don't take a Jack Leiter, then you would go, okay, that fifth spot's probably going to be either Boyd or someone else, um, whether that be through free agency or trade or whatever. But if they take Jack Leiter, then I think you got to start having a real conversation of, okay, you've got my Scooble, probably Turnbull, uh, hopefully Matt Manning, and now Jack Leiter is in the conversation. Like, you know what I'm trying to say here? I think the draft might mean a lot for Boyd, honestly, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. Yeah, um, the thing with the draft, too, is, well, like, obviously completely different from, like, the NFL or NBA draft. Like, the guy's going to take a minute to, to come to the big leagues. It's not going to be yeah. until, like, the earliest of 2023, and that even might be hopeful thinking. And I just looked up Boyd's contract. He actually has another year of arbitration, and then 23 is a free agent. So you assume he, they bring him back for at least his arbitration one more year, and then making the decision next year. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. No, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned this with Boyd, and this this has always been the thing with him is consistency. He's always had those moments in those seasons where he's been up, and then he's went down. You know, 2019 is the season I think of. You remember 2019? He was just going nuts, and at the yeah. trade deadline, it seemed like this might be the year that we actually move him for something good. That didn't happen, and then he just came crashing <laughs> down yeah. after the trade deadline. That's always been the thing with Boyd, but you know, hopefully he figures it out because you you kind of mentioned this with Boyd, but he he's just a really good dude. <laughs> okay, he's someone that I would love to see stick around for the long term and be here when we start winning. Because in a way, Boyd was one of the the first pieces we got back when we started this rebuild. You know? Yeah, he was one of the first guys with Daniel uh, when we yep. made the trade with Toronto for David Price. So, yeah. Uh, but regardless, despite Boyd's struggles as a late, overall, he still had a very nice season. A strong start, been shaky as a late, but overall, still not much that I can complain about, even though I would like to see him pitch better <laughs> going forward, obviously. But... Yeah. Uh, a couple more points I want to bring up with the starting rotation. Um, first of all, I looked up Casey Mize's numbers from May. I just found my old tweets just to make sure that I'm correct. 2-0, 1.74 ERA, a whip of 0 0.87, 162 average, 17 hits, 6 runs, 2 homers, 10 walks, 27 strikeouts, 31 innings pitched, 5 starts. I'm going to have a very Magic Johnson answer right there. That's very good numbers. Those are downright elite numbers, Tyler. <laughs> those are downright elite numbers. For a 24-year-old rookie to put up those numbers in one month, like you could see why two big Mize fans are going nuts over that. <laughs> Especially when people called him a bust in April. I mean, come on. It was so annoying. Uh, well, you know, this is what Detroit fans do. They did it with Okuda and they did it with Killian, but that's neither here or there. My well, Kuda's still happening. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> it's still going on. <laughs> and Gillian, I'm sure there's still there's still some rumblings out there, but uh, Jay. Oh boy. <laughs> well, but yeah, um, Mize has been figuring out 
Uh, he's been figuring it out as of late, and that's really encouraging to see. I mentioned already his ERA on the season is down to a 3.28 before he starts tonight in Chicago against the White Sox, which is going to be a bit a big start for Casey. Now, if you're listening to this on Friday and the start happened already, hopefully we're not talking him up and he gets rocked tonight <laughs> against that powerful White Sox lineup. But no, this is a big start tonight for him. He's been rolling as a late, facing, I think, I mean, is it phenomenal? Is it Lance Lynn? Let's see. Uh, yeah, Lance Lynn, oh, Casey, Casey Myers and Lance Lynn tonight. Goodness gracious. That is a, that's a nice pitching matchup. All right, I'm looking forward to tonight now. I thought it was Keigel tonight, but it's this whole week. This, I mean, this whole weekend you got uh, you got Mize Lynn, and then you got Turnbull Keigel to be fine. Scooble Giolito, and then um, it should be Rodon and Maddie B. I assume, or am I missing somebody? Let me yeah, uh, let me look it up again. So Friday's Turnbull and Keigel. Saturday's Scooble and Giolito. And then Sunday is Urania coming back against Rodon. Oh, Urania's coming back this week. Yeah. Um, AJ said when they placed him on the IL that it's probably going to be only one missed start. So. I didn't know if they meant this week Chicago or next. Because they play Chicago next weekend too in Detroit. So I didn't know if he meant that, that weekend or this weekend. So. I assume he meant this weekend because he's projected on Sunday. <laughs> okay. You also mentioned with Chris Fetter, the bullpen. And that's the next point that I want to quickly talk about. Because not only has Chris Fetter worked his magic in the starting rotation, but he's worked his magic in the bullpen. And particularly with three guys I want to mention here. Soto, Fulmer, well actually four, excuse me, because I just remembered Jose Cisnero. Looking at his name right here. My original, my original three guys were Soto, Fulmer, and Funk. But then, looking at my iPad here... I saw Jose Cisneros' name, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's four. So, yeah, four guys I want to talk about here. Soto, Fulmer, Cisnero, Soto. Start with uh, Fulmer. Obviously, he's looking like 2016 Michael Fulmer right now. And it's it's good to see because Michael Fulmer is another one kind of similar to Boyd where he seems like a really, really cool guy. And that's someone who you would like to see be part of the long-term future. And right now with the way he's pitching out of the bullpen as our closer, throwing gas every time out there. Oh yeah. Fulmer has been really impressive in his new role. And then look at a guy like Kyle Funkhauser, who the, the thing with Funk is that he was kind of highly touted until he, you know, broke his ankle or his foot or <laughs> whatever happened walking down the street. But, uh, World famous mud hens. <laughs> but now Funk has this new bullpen role with us, and man, he is pitching incredible <laughs> right now. Absolutely incredible. So you got him, you got Cisnero, who very quietly over the last few weeks has been pitching great ball. And then Gregory Soto, though he's had some up and down moments this season, that's still someone who, when he comes out of the bullpen, I'm not like shaking fear <laughs> you know because when when most guys come out of that tiger's bullpen you're going oh, here we go <laughs> but I, I personally don't do that with gregory soto especially when he's ending games getting christian yelich looking at 99 miles an hour really i i don't shake yet with gregory soto i'm not at that point yet but i mean i can't the, the other three i agree with though uh Fulmer, 
Cisnero, and, and Funkhaus, I feel pretty confident. There's another guy. I low-key like this guy a lot. I've, I've been really liking him a lot lately, too. I liked him last year. Tyler Alexander. I think he's just fun, man. I like Alexander. Todd the Painter? Todd the Painter. I, I didn't know that was his nickname until they interviewed Scooble. <laughs> kept on mentioning Todd and I I mean I knew his nickname was Todd the Painter but I'm like there's some people out there who don't know who the hell Todd is and they're just like Todd Jones? <laughs> I had I no idea what he was talking about at the beginning and then he mentioned it was Tyler Alexander but he's fun man I like Tyler Alexander I think he's a lefty you know he's a lefty too so yeah he's only 26 um, by the way yeah I mean he's just I mean, he gives a long ball over here and there but you know his strikeouts are I mean he knows how to command that ball and he and you know, that's what I call him. I think Todd the Banner, he knows how to freaking paint. Yeah. No, he he's someone who I also don't get scared when I see out of the bullpen. Um, if you want to talk about people who scare me when they walk out of the bullpen, I mean, you can look at, even though he's been pitching better as of late, I mean, Joe Jimenez <laughs> yeah. is, is still, still a little, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I think everyone listening knows where I'm trying to go with that. And then Daniel Norris. Uh, that was my next guy. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> Every time he comes out, man, I'm like he's gonna give a base hit up. It's like always like bases loaded. When he comes in, it's like he's gonna give it up. Every time he comes out of the bullpen, you're just expecting the the other team to score at least one or two runs. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, like, you know the game's not staying for like, you know, it. was a tie game. It's not tie Our bullpen day the other day in Milwaukee was going so well, and then. Here comes Daniel, and I'm like, okay, well, Milwaukee's for sure scoring now. And sure as hell, I think it was Willie Adamas who hit that two-run yeah, <laughs> two two shot. Oh, goodness, but whatever. That's neither here or there. Outside of a few guys who still make us a little concerned when we see them, uh, overall, I thought I, – I think Chris Fetter has done a really nice job with the bullpen and with the starting rotation, and that – it's for sure encouraging for a Tigers team that, you know, as we've kind of hammered on to start the start the episode today, for a team that started the season looking like it was over in April, <laughs> it, it's it's nice. It's really nice to sit here on June third and have some positive things to talk about with the big league team. A final thing that I want to mention with the Tigers before we move into the minor leagues. Um, Tyler, you hammered on the offense a little bit. I also want to kind of talk about that quickly. Um, you know, Robbie Grossman might have been the key to the offense starting to play better because the minute he got hot, it seemed like everyone else got hot. And as the leadoff man, as that veteran piece that AJ and Al brought in this offseason to kind of be that leader, if you will, for this lineup, the fact that he got hot and everyone else just kind of followed that just goes to show you how valuable Robbie Grossman really is. Um, and then you look at guys like Candy, who it's actually ironic because uh, Cody Stavenhagen at The Athletic, he uh, released an article um, a couple hours ago, and he talked about how you know Candy got demoted in 2019. It was looking like he might, be, he might not be part of the future. And now 2020, nice season. And now this year... <laughs> Candy's just, he's been balling out, honestly. He has an on-base streak of 28 at the time of recording this. Uh, Joe DiMaggio's record. <laughs> what is his record, by the way? I've seen people talking Joe about DiMaggio. that. Joe it's, it's, it's impressive. What is it, like, in the 60s? Oh, jeez. Oh, I... <laughs> 
Oh, I thought it was a little lower than that. Okay. Well, now now I know people who were talking about that on Twitter were probably being a little sarcastic. And <laughs> hey, man, you know what? I love baseball, and I, I would like to think that I know. Oh, boy. You know. I love baseball, and I would like to think that I know my history a little bit, but once we start getting into the black and whites, yeah, <laughs> excuse me for not knowing Joe DiMaggio's on-base streak off the top of my head. But, no, Candy, he's at 28 right now. He's been super impressive this year. Uh, Akil Badu, baby. <laughs> you knew I had to mention Akil Badu with you, Tyler. That's I know that's your guy. <laughs> Akil Badu, man. He he looks like he's starting to figure it out again. Um, you know, he had the hot start to the season, got really cold to the point where he started to look like a rule five guy who never played double A AA or triple A. Um, he never played double A AA or triple A, right? No, he's yeah. from single A. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. High ball, that's it. Yeah. He, for a minute there, he was looking like as advertised, <laughs> but now, yeah. Now he's starting to figure it out again. Uh, a couple days ago, he hit his first homer since April 13th. And for a Rule 5 guy who, again, never played double A AA or triple A, his approach and eye at the plate is just so impressive. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, uh, he's got a good eye. And for someone who never played a good majority of minor league baseball, <laughs> it's super, super impressive and fun to watch. So you've got Akeel, you got Willie starting to figure it out. You mentioned Jonathan Scope, who is just hitting moonshots now. <laughs> it's starting to look like not even 2020 Jonathan Scope, but he's showing a little bit of flashes. And I want to emphasize just a little bit of flashes of what we saw in Minnesota and Baltimore, you know? But you've got him, you've got our two catchers, Jake and Eric Haas. <laughs> The offense has just been so much more fun to watch over the past few weeks. And considering where this offense was in April, where, as Tyler kind of said a couple minutes ago, where it was just almost unwatchable <laughs> offensively, it, it, it's good to see. It's really good to see. So that's all I got to talk about the big league team. We're approaching 40 minutes here, and I do want to spend some time on the minor leagues. But that's all I got for the big league team. Tyler, anything else you want to add? Yeah, real quickly, I, I think you mentioned Jamie Candelaria. Something I've been mentioned as well. His bat's been like very good this year, and he's looking like a true middle of the order guy, and a guy that he's an OG as well. And I think you're going to extend as well, you know, once in time. Yeah. But um, we got to start talking about his defense as well. I think the concern with him was always, you know, could he be a true third baseman? You know, could he take the hot shots? You know, could he, you know, could he maybe move to first base? That, that's always been like a discussion with Candy. I think Candy shut up all those critics and all that talk, and he's going to be the third baseman going forward. I think he has to be. Um, he's been phenomenal over there. Um, he's been really, really good in every part of the game. You know, he's just really smart out there. I want to go back to that Milwaukee series. It was, I believe, the first game of the series. So, you know, it, it was a uh, Harold Castro ground ball. And it was runners first and second. I know exactly what you're talking about. Harold was confused for a second. Yeah. So he goes to third. Candy, you know, usually it's just like, uh, let's turn to first. But instead, he gets the lead runner out and goes to second and turns a double play that way. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Very heads-up baseball player there. And Candy is just, 
he's such a fun player. I love his attitude. I mean, he's one of those guys, like, he's always up, up, you know, up cheering. He's always cheering for his guys. You know, he's never down. Candy's he's slowly coming a very good player for this Tigers team. And you mentioned the struggles that, you know, he had, you know, starting especially when we got him back in 2017, you know, since he's been called up. It came to a point where he got option in, what was it, 2018, 2019? 2019, yeah. Yeah, and it was just really scary. And then he started with, like, that 0 for 21 skit to open up the season last year. It's like, man, you know, what's going on with Candelario? But since that 0 for 21 skit, it's been all up for Candelario in every phase of the game, defensively and offensively. So it's just really, really exciting for him. So, um I'm really happy for him, and you mentioned Akil Badu, man. It's unbelievable what he's doing. The play discipline is unbelievable for how young he is, and just what he's doing, unbelievable. Victor Reyes, you can learn a thing or two from him. <laughs> he just had to bring the jab in there for Victor Reyes. I mean, Victor Reyes has the amount of walks in his whole career as Robbie Grossman, I think, has the Tigers this year. We've played two months of baseball, and Victor Reyes has been in the big leagues for three years. Who do you think has a better eye at the plate, Matthew Boyd or Victor Reyes? Matthew Boyd. I texted you this. Uh, when Matthew Boyd draws a walk, I'm like, I think Matthew Boyd could draw more walks than Victor Reyes. <laughs> okay, here's a better question. Who's got a better approach at the plate, Victor Reyes or Ronnie Garcia? <laughs> can I go Adderlin Rodriguez? Adrenaline? <laughs> Oh goodness, but oh, yeah. About Candy though, um, listen that no Spencer Turnbull no hitter. He has to throw that no no if not for Candy's play at third late in the game. So yeah, uh, Candy's always been kind of a stud defensively, but now that the bat is consistently getting more and more hot as we go on, and he gets on base more and more and more, and he keeps on delivering more clutch hits after clutch hits. Uh, yeah, then you really start to notice how good of a defender he is. And, you know, you brought up the first base thing. That was last year that they moved him to first base. And it was interesting because they moved Kane to first, Tyler. And then they said Torkelson were drafting him as a third baseman. And they're still working him out as a third baseman right now in West Michigan. But I've always I've always thought about this, having Torque as a third baseman. What do you do if Candy gets hot again? And now here we are. I mean, did you did you hear what Al said the other day? Actually, who Al Vila? So he actually talked to the media and saying, and it's it's actually been true. Torbus has been working a lot more at first base now in West Michigan. Well, I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> I, I do not think that's a coincidence. Uh, yeah, I think he mentioned because of Candelario. I don't know if he name dropped, but I think. Well, you said, would you would you would think so. Yeah, he didn't name drop, I don't believe. But I think he went something like this. It's like that we think we have better depth at third base than first base, which is obviously no secret. But, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so Torkelson, is at, he was at third base on, on or Tuesday in West Michigan. But I believe mainly he's playing first base now. Like That's, that's his main position now is first base. Well, again, that, that's not no coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Okay, let's wrap up the uh, big league talk and let's move into the minor league shall we Tyler so I want to go team by team here let's start with West Michigan and we'll work our way up the ranks we'll start with West Michigan go to good old Erie and literally talk about one guy and that's Riley Green and then we'll go to Toledo and end off there so in West Michigan 
I like starting here because this West Michigan lineup is just stacked beyond stacked. <laughs> There's three or four different guys that we can really talk about here. But let's start with the big name, obviously, Spencer Torkelson. Um, there are a lot of people concerned with Torque to start his professional career, which admittedly he was not playing well at all. But in his defense, COVID-19, he hadn't played professional ball in, or he hadn't played baseball period since what? Arizona state days in like February, 2020. (laughs) It's been a minute. And I was expecting Torque and all these other guys to kind of struggle a little bit to start, but you know, you get these people going, Oh my God, Torque is a bust. Look at him. He can't even get a hit in high a West Michigan. Now he's figuring it out. Now he is absolutely figuring it out. Um, a couple nights ago, he had a two homer game, six RBIs, and he was just hitting moonshot after moonshot. And now, at the time of recording this, his stats on the season, his average is up to 240, which still isn't great, but 240 is better than what it was. Um, but the OPS is climbing. It's at uh, 0.799 right now, 413 slugging, 385 on base percentage, and he's got three homers and 18 RBIs right now with um, only 22 strikeouts and 17 walks. He's figuring it out, Tyler. And as he's figuring it out, you're seeing more highlights of him on Twitter, uh, mashing baseballs, whether he hits it out of the park or just, you know, gets a double or whatever. But Torque has figured it out, and it's really encouraging to see, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and without even just the hits, and, you know, obviously, he's known for his hitting. I think we have to talk about his plate discipline as well. He's drawing a lot more walks now, which is really nice to see. Mm-hmm. A little less strikeouts at the plate for Torkelson, which was a really big problem for him in spring ball. And, and just the beginning of the season in West Michigan, but he's drawn a lot more walks, a lot more contact with the ball, and, you know, it's just not a guy that you're really worried about, and um, I, he'll, he'll figure it out, man. He's too good of a baseball player not to figure it out. He went number one for a reason. <laughs> he he went... like the consensus number one for a reason. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there were, if you remember some rumors, oh, the Tigers might like Asa Lacey better. It's like, no, no, don't you? <laughs> Al, no. no. Man, it, it was Spencer. Ah, I know, but you know, there, there were those rumors on draft night, but no, Torque was always the guy and late 2019 when we were as bad as we were, you know, tank for Torque was the thing and we got Torque and now we started to show why we took him in number one overall. So he's been playing better, but another guy in West Michigan that we have to highlight here. Oh my Dylan Dingler. <laughs> oh, Dylan Dingler is going nuts right now. 280 average, OPS of 0. .955, uh, 561 slugging, 394 on-base percentage, 6 homers, 16 RBIs, and 12 walks this season. Dylan Dingler is really showing us something in West Michigan, isn't he, Tyler? Oh, yeah, and this is a catcher, too. So Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, so his defensive numbers suck. No, 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 he's a very good defensive catcher as well. He's been gunning out guys trying to steal on him i mean he's like arguably the most impressive prospect i think i've seen like covering minor league baseball like for the last like two three years ish i mean he's he's fun man he's really really fun i think he's gonna be a top 100 prospect really really soon for the you know the MLB. if he keeps on going the way that he is he absolutely will um you know we'll talk about riley green in a second here but what riley green has been able to do as a high schooler is just not normal <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, what Dingler's doing right now is like not normal as well. Yeah, catcher. That that's that's the point that I was going to get into. Um, what Riley Green is doing right now as a high schooler is not normal, but what Dylan Dingler is also doing in West Michigan isn't exactly normal either. <laughs> um, you know, I just mentioned the offensive numbers. Tyler highlighted the fact that he's playing well defensively as well, and this is a second round draft pick by the way. <laughs> it's not like this was some highly touted guy that we got with like a top five pick. This was a oh, second yeah. round pick that fell to us. Who was, he was projected to be a first round pick fell to us in the second round, but this is a second round pick we're talking about here. You know, not some highly touted guy. And he is looking like and it's early, but it's looking like this could be maybe our future catcher. So yeah, Dingler has been good. And then one last class of 2020 guy is Daniel Cabrera out of LSU. Um, I liked the pick of Daniel Cabrera when we took him last year from the Tigers. Go Tigers. But no. (laughs) Yeah. Tigers to Tigers. Um, But no, you look at his numbers this year right now with West Michigan, 281 average OPS of 835, 490 slugging, uh, 346 on base, three homers, 21 RBIs, you know? So, Daniel, Dingler, Torque, they're all showing us something in West Michigan. And for these guys to be 2020 picks and they're already showing us something right now, it's impressive for sure, Tyler. Yeah, with the lost season last year. Because, you know, you got to remember, these guys are coming straight from college. They didn't play the short season last year like they usually would in Connecticut. So they're going straight, you know, to minor league baseball, high A ball. So it's impressive. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else that you want to mention with West Michigan there? Uh, with West Michigan, I mean, I think you highlighted it pretty well. I, I think a guy that's not no longer in West Michigan, he just got promoted recently, that was really doing well down there, Andre Lippis. He, he's now in Erie, but um, he's been really good with the bat over there. He just recently got promoted to Erie, I believe. He, he's been two for two with like two walks, so he's had a good start in Erie so far as well. And he was a third-round draft pick in 2019, so I would keep out for a middle infielder. So he, he, he was really good for them. And then another guy I would kind of want to highlight a little bit, he's been pretty solid there, solid with the glove, but pretty solid at bat uh, ABs for him as well. Jose King, he's part of the J.D. Martinez trade. Oh! I mean, he's, he's been pretty solid so far in West Michigan, honestly. Oh, does that mean we won the trade? Um, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's Sergio Alcantara up to? He's with the Cubs, isn't he? Yeah, he just got caught up, actually. Dear. He's in the big leagues. I think oh. he's in the big leagues. Oh, goodness gracious. Never yeah, for- I thought he just purchased his contract. Never forget when Sergio Alcantara, with absolutely no power, first AB, smacked it out of target field. <laughs> yeah, Sergio's on the Cubs right now. He's on the, he's on the 25. Okay, so I got numbers for Sergio Alcantara. He's got six ABs. He's banging 667 right now. Oh, well, that makes me feel a lot better. Great. <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's, he's got four hits. Oh, boy. Out of six ABs. Well, now that I'm sad... Let's try to make me happy again. <laughs> Let's move over to Erie. Um, oh boy! Well, <laughs> well, here we go. That's what I get for that's what I get for trying to make fun of the JD Martinez trade. Oh goodness gracious! Sergio Contra's in the cover. There, there he goes. There, there goes Tyler. The minute you bring up Sergio Contra, he's just going berserk. 
let's move on to Erie. I said that I only wanted to bring up one guy here, and that's obviously Riley Green. But before we talk about Riley, let's give some love to the three other gentlemen down in Erie who are playing well. Let's start with a guy who I'm going to be honest with you, Tyler. I think I think you should probably remember me saying this to you. I thought this dude retired. Uh, Jacob Robson? Oh, yeah. <laughs> retired i didn't know he was still playing and not only not only is he still playing with us tyler but he's playing well in erie 424 average ops of 1.243 712 slugging 531 ops two homers 10 rbis four stolen bases 14 walks 28 hits nine doubles two triples Hello? <laughs> Hello? I didn't even know you were still with us, but not only are you still with us, you're balling out. So, shout out to Jacob. Uh, shout out to Josh Lester. Not John Lester. Josh Lester. First baseman. He's playing well. 275 average. 855 OPS. 505 slugging. 350 OPS. Um, two homers, four RBIs. And then you got this guy. Now, you have to help me with his name, uh, Tyler. John... Valenti? Is that his name? Valenti? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. You know who I'm talking about? I, I don't. Oh, well, <laughs> well, there's a second baseman. Oh, we need Jordan here, man. <laughs> We're going to get Jordan on the one of these episodes coming up soon to talk some minor league baseball. But there's a guy in Erie named John B-A-L-E-N-T-E. I think it's Valenti. I hope I'm I, I hate watching Erie games. I love Riley Green, but I can't watch Erie games. I, I, I can't. The broadcast is too terrible to watch Erie games. Oh, so sorry. You could just stop after I can't watch. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll watch West Michigan games, and I'll watch Toledo games. I will not watch double-A games. Well, there you go. Tyler will I watch Riley. I watch Riley. <laughs> your name, that's about it. Well, the moral of the story here is that there is a guy in Erie, second base, who has a 333 average, OPS of 904, 515 slugging, 389 on base percentage. There you go. Not terrible. Another middle infielder? Yeah, second base, it says on the Erie website. So, not bad. But now let's talk about the guy we're all here for to talk about the Seawolves. Riley Green, as a high schooler, he should not be doing what he's currently doing. <laughs> not, not at all. He is just flying through the minors. And again, for a high schooler, it's, he's not supposed to be flying through the minors like he is. You know, for high school prospects, it's supposed to be like Matt Manning, who we took Matt when? 2017? 2016. 2016. That's right. Yes, that's right. So we took Manning at 16 as a high schooler. It's 2021, and he just started in Toledo. <laughs> That's how it's usually supposed to go for high schoolers. But Riley Green, we're at the point with him where we're having discussions about if he'll be with the roster opening day 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah. Riley Green, man, is unbelievable. And he was slumping at first. He was slumping at first, but then notoriously slept with his bat. And now the story. <laughs> eh, he slept with his bat and now now he's raking. He's got a Twitter account for his bat. Riley Green's bat following me the other day. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, it's a burner. It's not actually Riley Green's bat. I mean, maybe it is. We don't know. Maybe his bat is on Twitter. Who knows? But no, cool. Tyler, talk to me about Riley Green. Two, uh, 276 average, an OPS of 859, 40 slugging. Uh, 379 on base percentage, five homers, and all five of these homers, I'm pretty sure, were sent to Mars. 
along with 19 RBIs and six stolen bases. Riley Green. Tyler, talk to me about Riley Green. Riley Green, I mean, he's phenomenal at the play. We know what he can do at the play. He can hit moonshots with a smart player. He can draw walks. Strikeouts will be a little higher. That's just his game. But something I did not know about Riley Green, and we saw, if you remember, the summer, like, summer preseason games, like, when they were just playing interleague games, like, just inter-squad games, I mean, I say. Yeah. Um, Riley Green was flashing the glove in the corner outfield, right? The right field, left mm-hmm. field spot, Robin home runs. Yeah. And, you know, we just always assume, you know, he's going to be a corner outfielder, and that might be his role when he, when he's in the big leagues. But I want to mention, he's been playing center field in Erie, and he seems like he's making, like, a highlight catch almost every other night in Erie. I mean, I see him doing Willie Mays catches. I see him jumping, like, Superman twice. I see him. I mean, he's just a really impressive guy, and it's at center field. I didn't know he could play center field, honestly. I always thought he was just a corner outfield there, so... You know, he's showing versatility. He can play all three outfields positions and be a plus glove out there. Mm-hmm. So, to go with the bat, I mean, he's a 5-2 player. He does everything you want. He'll steal bags. He'll hit home runs. You know, he's going to drive in runs. He's going to get walks. He's good defensively. He's a middle-of-the-order 5-2 player. Like, you can put Riley in the leadoff spot. You can put Riley in the cleanup spot. You could put Riley in center field. You could put Riley in right field. You could put Riley in left field. Like, there's so much versatility with this guy, and everything's a plus. So I, I think he can really translate to be a, a traditional five-two player. And I, I know that cliche is always thrown around, but I think he could be a legit five-two player in the big leagues, which is something the Tigers just don't have, and frankly, have never had. Like Miguel Cabrera was great, obviously, but he's not a five-two player. Yeah. Uh, like they, they just never have had a five-two player in their lineup. I think they have something here with Riley Green where you can put him anywhere in the lineup or anywhere in the outfield, and he'll be completely fine. So that's really exciting because the Tigers have never had a guy like this before. And again, for a high schooler to be doing what he's doing right now, it's it's super encouraging <laughs> because you know when we drafted Riley Green, I mean Tyler, what was your expected if window to maybe see him? in the big leagues, like, 2023, 2024? Yeah, I was, I was going to say 23. Like, they drafted him in 19. I thought, I thought the upside, like, you maybe see him in the, like, end of 22, like, maybe, like, towards August or, like, a September call-up because I assume he'd probably be on the 40-man roster at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably, like, towards the end or, like, you know, and half of the 22 season or, like, maybe opening day 23. Yeah. So he speed up the process, I think, a whole year. Which is insane. I I actually just thought about this. I remember when we drafted Riley Green, there were people, and I'm not calling out any specific names. I don't know any names. But I just remember having the conversation with people on Twitter of, oh, we shouldn't take a high schooler because it'll take so long to develop. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I, I think people were expecting to compete by 21. And... I think now just the realistic timeline is 22. It's like when they're expected to, you know, start hopefully competing for a division or a wild card spot. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. But, yeah. you know, still, right now, Riley Green is one of many guys balling out in Erie, and that's really encouraging to see. I, I, have, an, I have an extra credit for Erie, too. It's a pitcher. Elvin Rodriguez, um, he's, a guy, he, he's a guy that he, he's been in West Michigan, and he's been just playing like low A ball, usually high A ball. I think the, I think. The highest has been is West Michigan, but that's when they were low A ball. 
So I don't think he ever even pitched in Lakeland, if I'm not mistaken. Or he might have been there for a little bit. But Alvin Rodriguez has been really, really impressive in area before starts. He's 2-0 with the 1.4 uh, ERA. And he's pitched 19 innings. He's got 22 strikeouts. So uh, he's a guy that I would definitely look out for this team in the future. I'm not think, I don't think he's a future starter for this ball team, but I think he has potential to be a, a future bullpen arm for this team. I think he has the strikeout numbers to be a really good arm for this team. So only 23 years old. Uh, he's been really impressive in Erie so far. I wouldn't be shocked if you know, he continues this role. He, he could be in Toledo maybe within a month or a month and a half or two months maybe even. Speaking of Toledo, the world-famous Mudhens. Let's move into them to close out the minor league talk and close out the show. There are four offensive guys I want to talk about, and then one pitcher who we all know who the one pitcher is. But let's start offensively, and let's start with Daz Cameron. Ooh, Tyler. <laughs> Daz Cameron is looking good, isn't he? Yeah, he was one of those guys I was starting to write off, honestly. I just didn't know what he was going to be. I, I, I didn't know if he was a big league player, but, I mean, I don't know. His bat has always been a concern for me, and I just kind of want to see more of a sample size because he just came off the IL list, so he's only been playing for, like, two and a half weeks. So, yeah, yeah. But, but that two and a half weeks have been really impressive for Daz Cameron. You know, he's just been a good top of the order guy. He's been leading off for them, I believe, in, uh, in Toledo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a guy I just want to see be more consistent because, I mean, the bat for Daz has just not been consistent. We know he can be a good outfielder, and that's never been a problem with him. But if he can continue to, you know, hit the ball really well in Toledo and, and maybe that trends to the big leagues, you got something with him. But um, he's looked really good to start off for the season in Toledo. I just want to see him be more consistent because I've always had – a bit of concern for Daz Cameron. You know, he's always been concerning for me with the bat, at least. And I've always thought, you know, maybe this guy is just another like Jacoby Jones, a very plus defender, but I just don't know if the bat will ever be, you know, what we want it to be. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I was also a little concerned about Daz Cameron coming into this season. But now the numbers speak for themselves. 313 average, OPS of 889, 500 slugging, and then uh, 389 on base percentage with 10 RBIs on the season. And yeah, you, great numbers. You mentioned the defense, too. It was last night, actually, that he threw a laser to throw out a runner trying to get to third base. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Daz, someone who, admittedly, me and Tyler both were kind of like, okay, I'm not really sure if we have much with him. <laughs> but now he's, now he's just balling out offensively and defensively. So it looks like if he keeps on going, we absolutely could have something with him. So that's player yeah. number one. Let's move into another outfielder in Derrick Hill. I like Derrick Hill, man. He, he He's someone who, you know, first-round pick um, back in 2014, correct? 14, yeah. yeah. And we just never really heard much. <laughs> we never heard much of him until really a couple years ago. And now in Toledo at the moment, he's doing stuff I never knew he could do. <laughs> Yeah. It's like the Bradley Beal John Wall meme. I ain't never seen you act like this before. Derek Hill, <laughs> I ain't never seen you act like this before. Three th- uh, 355 average, excuse me. OPS uh, over 900. It's at 943, uh, 526 slugging, and 417 on base percentage with two homers, 11 RBIs. And that, that's offensively. Defensively, we know how good Derek Hill is, is defensively. So... You got Derek Hill, you've got Daz Cameron, you've got Isak, who we all know about Isak. Um, I'm just counting down the days until <laughs> he's up here, but you know, his numbers in 
uh, world famous Toledo right now. 269 average. Nice. Uh, 759 on uh, OPS, excuse me. And then he's also got a 398 slugging and 361 on base percentage. Lastly, a guy that many people might not know of just yet. And admittedly, I didn't know who this guy was either until Tyler and I went to Toledo <laughs> a couple weeks ago and saw him play and mashing home runs. And the joke is that I call him Adrenaline Rodriguez because that's what I, <laughs> that's what I thought his name was. But it's Adderlin Rodriguez. And this is someone who, he's not on the 40-man yet, as Tyler brought it to me last night. So it's not like, I mean, unless you DFA someone, and Tyler brought up Jacoby Jones to me last night when we were talking, which maybe, I mean, Jacoby's not exactly doing much right now in Toledo or the big leagues, but Adderlin Rodriguez still. This is a big, big dude. and He is really built... And like I said, he's just smacking homers out of world famous Toledo. Um, his numbers right now: three thirty three average, OPS of nine eighty four, five eighty seven slugging, and a three ninety eight on base percentage with four homers and sixteen RBIs. Two land slams. Yeah. Again, he is just mashing homers, and this is a a really built guy. He's twenty nine, but he is twenty nine, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, really he's, nice. twi- he's a career mile leader. Yeah, but this is still someone who's catching our eye, though. I mean, Tyler, you can talk about adrenaline, talk about Derrick Hill, Isak. Um, just talk about what's going on offensively in Toledo right now with some of these guys. Well, the Rodriguez, real quickly, I just, I, I, I don't know if he ever sniffs the big leagues, but, you know. I don't know if he will either, but, but he's still I, catching our eye. A bit of a I mean, yeah. he's a first baseman, so. Yeah, where you know, are you going to put him? That's what I'm saying. If there was like an injury at first base, like you know, last you know, last they get Bernardo Nunez, like the benefit they bought his contract out, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I guess if they chose maybe Adelon Rodriguez this time over Bernardo Nunez, if it ever came down to that situation, but I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, so that's what I got to Adelon Rodriguez. Derek Hill, real quickly. You know, you mentioned it. Like, the glove has always been there with Derek Hill. I remember you, you kind of mentioned it. Like, we, we didn't really know about Derek Hill until, like, 2018 or, like, 2019. It was 2019. Yeah, when he was in Fury, he was catching eyes with his glove, and his bat was starting to turn it around, like, a little bit. He was, you know, starting to bat in the 270s and, like, 280s. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, let's see maybe when he goes to Toledo. Maybe he can do that. And this year, you mentioned that the offensive numbers are through the roof right now for, for Derek Hill. And I think – you know, kind of like we mentioned with Paredes, I think the days of counting with Derek Hill to be in the big leagues first. And I think he could be very easily the next guy that called up from Toledo to the big leagues to Derek Hill because the Tigers do have a dilemma at center field right now. Obviously, they option Jacoby Johnson Toledo. And as of right now, they got a Kilbadu. And a Kilbadu is good. He's a good center fielder. He's serviceable for the big leagues. And But he's just not a guy you really want batting against lefties. So, and he's just not at every. You know, everyday player where he's going to be playing like Candelario or, you know, like a Jonathan Scope. You know, he's a guy yeah. that is, is going to use a couple of days off in a week. So I, I think a guy like Derek Hill to kind of compliment uh, a guy like a Kilbadu would be really exciting, or even a Daz Camp. They're both right handed, you know, hitters. So I think it would be very, you know, it would make a lot of sense, I, I think, because with the hitting that they're both, you know, proven into leader right now. So. I think either Hill or Cameron, I think one of their names will be called very soon into the big leagues. So, um, yeah, Derek Hill is 
yeah, he surprised me big time with the bat. I never was concerned about his glove, but almost like Daz Cameron, I was just like concerned. I'm like, what, do we really have anything with this guy? And you know, he's proven with the bat, and maybe he could be something. So we'll see. You know, maybe when he translates to the big list, because you know he hasn't really had many big league at bats. Because when he got called up last year, you know, he was really just a defensive guy. So yeah. I, I want to see him get some at bats in the big leagues and just kind of see how that goes. Um, and then parade days. You know, he's kind of just doing what we expected right now. Maybe you expect a little more power, but overall, you know, getting on base, drawing walks, getting some extra base hits, you know, he's just doing what we expected. And, you know, he's another guy that should be, you know, called up, I think, fairly shortly. I think he'll be up here, you know. It could be literally any day. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly. So uh, that's the offense, basically, in, in, in Toledo. I was just thinking about this with Isak, and, I mean, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, but. With the way Jonathan Scope has been playing, I think that might kind of make the Tigers wait to call up Isak. And maybe after the trade deadline, you think that would be realistic? That could be possible. I think it's uh, uh, Willie Castro is going to have to prove himself as well. If, if he struggles, I wouldn't be shocked if they went that way as well. So Yeah, I mean, if Jonathan Scope keeps it up the way he is, that's obviously a trade guy. Um yeah, he's only on a one-year deal. So. Exactly. So, yeah, that would open up the spot second. And then, you know, Willie's obviously still got to show us something at short. But I don't know. so many middle infield guys. Like, Zach Short's up here right now, too. I love um, Zach Short, by the way. <laughs> Nico Goodrum plays the middle infield. And, like, they have Harold Castro. And, like, they have so many guys. And, like, Hitting Harold. It, it's, like, easy to say, like, take out Harold Castro. But, like, when Harold is batting 300-something and – he's like one of our best hitters on our team. It's hard to think about the lineup. So I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's kind of tough to find a spot for Paredes right now, but I think, yeah, after the deadline, I would say maybe around July-ish. Yeah. Maybe because he's realistic. I think Alan Bula would just be willing to give away scope almost like just to give the opportunity to Paredes because, you know, he needs to be up in the big leagues. Yeah. I would kind of hope that Al would kind of <laughs> be like, okay, someone please take Scopey so we can <laughs> open up a spot second for our, young prospect but yeah still though down in world famous Toledo there's a lot of guys really impressing us with the bats now pitching wise there's only one guy that we're going to mention here to wrap up the program that's obviously Matt Manning now there has been some good with Matt Manning believe it or not in Toledo he does have 23 strikeouts to eight walks he's not necessarily walking people which is a good thing and he is making people miss with the bats that is encouraging but (laughs) <laughs> that's like the only encouraging thing we're seeing from Matt Manning right now down with the hens. Um, the numbers speak for themselves. 7.94 ERA uh, whip. That's getting dangerously close to two. It's at 1.54 right now. Um, opposing hitters have an average on him close to 300. That's like 293. 293. Like that? Yeah. I'm looking at the yeah. stats right now. It's a 293 average. He's given up 10 homers this year. And this is all in 22 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's pitched tonight, too, at the time of this recording. So. Well, hopefully he has a good start, so that will make us look bad. <laughs> but, yeah, Matt Manning isn't exactly having the start that we want to see him have in Toledo. I got something real quick on Manning. It's something that we saw early with Scoobal. It's like the stuff is there with Matt Manning. And it's just like the same thing with Scoobal. The stuff is there. It's just coming down to more being consistent, throwing first-pitch strikes, which is really important for Matt Manning. He's just not really doing much of right now. Um, it's just 
you know, attacking the hitters because he falls behind in the counts. It comes into hitter-friendly counts, and that's where, you know, you get in the big flies and, you know, extra base hits. It's just all about the first pitch for Matt Manning. That was a big thing with Scooble, which in the New York game with Scooble, he, he was unbelievable with first pitch strikes, and you just saw how much of a, a transition it was for him. I think we're going to see that with Manning. I really believe that because the stuff is there with Manning. He has the he has the, you know the arsenal to be a very good pitcher, and the numbers just do not reflect what he is. Um, it's just all mental right now. I think for Manning, if if he can get ahead of counts, get some more pitcher friendly counts, you're going to see a, a whole night and day difference with him. I think you got to remember again with the COVID season last year. I hate to make the excuse, but you know that really stunted a big year of development for him as well because you know he was really good at Erie. And then just loses a whole year of yeah. baseball and mm-hmm. just you know just playing with his teammates. I mean, it's just it's hard to you know improve and like progress you know your track from from just playing your teammates all the time. So I'm gonna give it time with Manning. If we're still in middle of July and we're talking about Matt Manning struggling at this and his ERAs in the sevens, there's concern. But I want to give it time. It's only been a month because we gotta remember they didn't start in April. It's only been a month of baseball. Give some time to Manning, because I think he's going to figure it out. Because, uh, like I said, double-A to triple-A is a significant difference. Yeah. Significant difference. So, I'm going to pump the brakes on Manning. I want to see what the month of June and the month of July holds for him. If, it, if it's still like this, I think it's fair to be concerned. But right now, I'm just sitting away, almost like Casey Mice a little bit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going crazy over what's happening right now with Matt in triple-A, but... I do want to say this, though, and this is something that you brought up to me when we went to Toledo a couple weeks ago, and we could be completely wrong here, but (laughs) you brought up to me how Matt Manning isn't living in Toledo. Is that correct? Yeah, he lives in downtown Detroit, I believe. So you brought up the comment that there's a possibility, and again, we could be completely wrong here just speculating, but Tyler, I thought it was an interesting point, and with him struggling, you got to it definitely makes you think, um, you know, Tyler said that he's not, Matt Manning is not living in Toledo. He lives in Detroit and commutes from um, Toledo to Detroit each day. I mean, Tyler, I'll let you kind of explain it, but I mean. Again, it's all speculation, but I mean, it's just like, I, I sometimes doubt if, if he's really like locked in and connected with what's happening in Toledo with him. I think he's like just thinking too much. Like he's, just thinking of the analytics and what AJ's going to do next. Like, when's he going to call me up? Does he hate me? He's just got to, I think, sit back and just take it day by day and go on the mound and don't think about anything else. Just think about that hitter and what you're going to do. I think Matt Manning is just overthinking everything right now. And he's just, you know, he's seeing Mize, he's seeing Scooble in the big leagues, he sees Turnbull succeeding. And, you know, and to be fair, Mize and Scoop were guys that he kind of grew up with. I mean, yeah. in, in this, you know, this farm system, they were in the Erie rotation together. I think it's just like he sees these guys succeed. And again, this is all speculation, but I, I, I just want to see, I, I feel like it's more of a mental thing with Manning. He's just not locked in with what's happening in Toledo. I feel like he's locked into everything that's going on with just himself. And like, he just wants to get to the big leagues. Like, I want to be with Mize. I want to be with Scoople. And he's just not embracing Toledo. I think he's just got to take it day by day and think about every hitter, and that's it. Lock in. Uh, and, and I don't know what he's thinking, but that's just you know me speculating, and it almost seems like that to a certain degree. 
Matt, it is okay to embrace the world-famous Toledo Mudhens. <laughs> I know that you want to be in the big leagues with your boys, and seeing them play well is probably making him a little anxious, I'm sure. But, yeah, it's, it probably doesn't help either that Tarek and Casey both skipped AAA too, and yeah, Manning is in AAA. Yeah. yeah. And again, with, with Matt Manning struggling right now, it, it – it does make you think a little bit. Like, is he really embracing Toledo right now? I I don't know. I don't know. He's not even living there. Yeah, that's 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 the point that I wanted to bring up. He's not living there, and if he's struggling, do you really think he's embracing that AAA mentality right now? Is I feel he? Like he's overthinking it right now. Is he concerned more about when he's going to get to Detroit more than what's going on right now in Toledo? That's a fair concern, but you know, apparently he's pitching tonight. Hopefully, he bounces back and puts up more consistent, better numbers throughout the summer. And I don't think it'll be a September call-up. I honestly don't, um, especially with the way he's pitching right now. But maybe by, you know, February, March, we can have a conversation of, okay, will Matt Manning made the starting rotation? You know, that's definitely the hope right now for sure. But Tyler, is there anything else that you want to mention with either Matt Manning or just the minor leagues in general? I think that's about it. You know, the Mudhens got a win last night. Logan Shore looked really good, honestly. Went six and one third innings. He was the guy in the Mike Flyers deal, and you know, he's kind of had a really pretty good like like last two three outings in a row, which is which is good for him. So, um, you know, I mean, it's again, you know, minor league baseball, but I think that's all I got. The world famous hens are on fire, Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> they are on so fire. The <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, the Caps were on a nine-game winning streak before last night's loss. Everyone's on fire right now. The big league team is playing better. We've got the minor league teams doing not so bad either. Life's not bad right now to be a Tiger fan, kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Just, it's a little bit bad, but not entirely bad. I mean, if the Tigers are playing the way that they were in April, but the minor league teams are still looking the way they are right now, It'd be a little less encouraging, but after seeing winning month of May and seeing the the guys down the farm playing like they are, it's not as bad as what we were expecting about about a month ago. But Tyler, listen, man, we are over an hour twenty minutes into this, and it just it just flew by. This this was incredibly fun for me to do. Like I said to start the episode, I was really looking forward to recording this with you, and I think it went well. Here is to the start of a new mini trash talk series. Good to oh, have yeah. you back. Yes, I'm sir. looking forward to next week to talk to some Tigers baseball once again. Yeah, no, this is just like, this is like our drive to Toledo right now. I mean, we just talk baseball back and forth and time flies. I mean, this is, this is literally our drive to Toledo right now. This amount of time I'll be to, you know, to record this. We, we literally drove to Toledo and talked Tigers. <laughs> it was literally this. We talked about the big league team and we talked about the minor league teams. And because of that that drive to Toledo and back, that's when my gears started to get going a little bit. I'm like, I think we could turn this into something. And then earlier this week, I reached out to Tyler and I'm like, hey, you want to do like a Tiger podcast together? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, when are you available? He's like, Thursday. And I'm like, Tiger Talk with Tony and Tyler on Thursday. <laughs> Let's get it. So, yeah, this was a ton of fun, Tyler. And, again, looking forward to recording next week. So, with that, for Tyler Sawa, my name's Tony Nabrowski. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you all soon. And, as always, 
Go Tigers, baby. Right, Tyler? Go Tigers, baby. Go yeah. Bucks. Go who? <laughs> Go no, Bucks. no, no, Go no. Bears. Go Bears. <laughs> Go Hens. Go yeah, go. that that's the one. Go Hens. <laughs> we gotta go. Goodbye, everybody.